Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, and just how freely you forgave us at a great cost. But Lord, uh, I pray that in the same way, Lord, that you would enable us to be able to forgive as you forgave us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the next few moments, uh, what we're going to talk about is, is really a sensitive subject for a lot of people um, because there are very real wounds, very real hurts, very real wrongs that have been done to many people who are sitting in this room. Uh, sometimes maybe even some of those came through the hand of the church or leadership of the church. Maybe it's come through family members. Maybe it's come through a neighbor or a coworker. And so when I talk about this, I know that um, there might be things that are going to be stirred within your heart and your mind. And I know that there might be a point where there's a lot of questions that are still left. And so I would just want to say, um, if that's the case for you today, uh, I want you to know that uh, myself and the other pastors here at Highland Jazz, uh, Jason, uh, our jail leaders, our elders, uh, Michael, Joel, and Greg, um, some of the women uh, that are also elders' wives and jail leaders. Um, I just want to encourage you, take time to, to get a coffee and, and talk and pray together. Um, so I want to read this passage again from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31-32. Get rid of all bitterness, get rid of rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice or hatred. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Just as in Christ, God forgave you, forgive one another. Well, last Sunday, you remember what we talked about? You are forgiven no matter what you've done, no matter what you said, no matter what you thought. Well, according to this passage of Scripture, which I hold and believe is true, is, is God's Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Just as God forgave you, you can forgive. No matter what someone has done, no matter what someone said, no matter what they've thought. I'm not saying that you have to. I'm just saying that in Christ, you can. You have the ability or can be given the ability in Christ. You remember the extravagant father we talked about last Sunday who welcomed home the prodigal son, ran towards him, embraced him, opened up his arms and wrapped them around him and kissed him, said, I'm restoring you as my son. Well, you know, that story could have gone easier another way. Instead of open arms, father could have been like this, couldn't he? He could have been angry and bitter about what his son did. I mean, asking for his inheritance before he was dead and then squandering all, and then having the, I mean, and, and, and wandering off, leaving home, leaving the family. And then he has the gall to come back. Could have had his arms crossed, said, hmm, yeah, sure. But instead, what was the posture of the father? The extravagant father opens up his arms. And my question for you today, what are you going to do when it comes to forgiving? 
Are you going to have your arms crossed? No room for the embrace? No room to forgive? Or will you open up your arms and make room for another? I know for some of you, the idea of even picturing embracing the person that has wronged you or hurt you is repulsive. But I want you to know that's exactly what God the Father did to you. Your sin was repulsive to Him. Yet He loved you and opened up His arms to you. He forgave you. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. For those of you who have been hurt and sinned against by others, the thought of trying to embrace is, is just repulsive. But I'm not talking about sweeping it under the rug. I'm not talking about uh, justice, your sense of justice being wrong. Your sense of justice is right. For those of you who are perpetrators, you've, you've hurt somebody, you've sinned against someone, and you're just thinking about, man, I know i got to go to them, but I'm scared. I don't know what to do or what to say. I want you to know that you can't go to them and demand forgiveness. Forgiveness is given, not demanded. And if you'll listen and learn how true humility and remorse is expressed appropriately, you might find the forgiveness that you seek. For all of us here who are perpetrators against sinning against God, I want you to let you know that God the Father is compassionate towards us. And you truly can understand the depths of forgiveness through Christ in your life. You see, we trespassed against God's moral ground. It was His morality, His ways, and we trespassed across it. We became indebted to Him. And He forgave there is a great freedom, not just being, in for, being forgiven, but there's also freedom in offering forgiveness. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I hope to demonstrate that even more. Everyone thinks the idea of forgiveness is beautiful until you're the one who has to do it. In my house, we know there are certain words that need to be said when someone has hurt someone else. And they're not always easy words to say. Usually the words, I'm sorry, mean I'm not ready to say the important words. Please forgive me. You know, I'm sorry in my house means, well, I'm, I'm regretful that you're hurt, but I'm not sure that I, I recognize or if I'm ready to admit my fault in, in, or wrongdoing in that. Forgive me means I, I admit it. I admit I did something wrong against you. I wish I hadn't. But, but I can't go back in time. I'm indebted to you. Will, you. will you wipe out the debt? And debt's the appropriate word, I think. Debt is the word that's used for sin in some translations in Jesus' words in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I think it has great connotations uh, when you think about the story that Jesus told about debt and sin and how they are connected to one another. Jesus told this story of a business mogul um, who was settling all his accounts and had a CEO that owed him a couple of million dollars. Now, there's another guy that enters the story and he only owes 15 bucks. And as Americans, we always kind of side with the underdog. And so that's the way we perceive and receive stories. But in this story, you're not the guy who owes 15 bucks. You're not the underdog. 
you're, let's, let's pretend the business mogul is Donald Trump uh, with his blown over hair and, and, uh, and you just won that, that show. I can't remember what it's called, but you just won. What is it? The apprentice. You just won that and you've been put in charge of one of Donald Trump's companies. You have total, you're the CEO of that company now. But the thing is, after a year, you ran it into the ground. And now that company is in debt to Donald for $2 million. And he's settling accounts. You've been called into his office. You're sitting at the table and he's looking at you with those stern eyes. And he's telling, telling you, he's saying, look, you gave it your best shot and you failed. And that's the way it goes in business. So nothing personal, but you're fired. And also along with that, uh, I'm going to sell your company to pay off the debts and whatever is still owed is going to come from your personal estate and from your family. And at that point, you start shaking in your boots and you get scared because you know he's got the power to do that, to sue you. And if you can't come up with it, to put you in prison for that. And so you, you make a real scene and you start blubbering all over yourself and all over Donald. And you say, please, please uh, set up some sort of payment plan. I'll pay it over in, in, in time for the rest of my life. I'll pay it all back every penny. And, and, and Donald looks at you, this big business mogul, and he takes pity on you. And he says, you know what? Instead of setting up some payment plan, how about this? I just forgive it. I forgive the debt. It's wiped out. It's gone. And he cancels it. And so you're feeling elated. There's a huge weight that's been taken off you. Your whole future looks different now. I mean, being, being fired doesn't look so bad right now. You're actually kind of glad. And you're walking out of the building, and you are kind of got a little skip in your step. And then you run into this guy that you used to work with before you got hired for, for Donald. And this guy used to be the guy at work who would always borrow money and never pay it back. And he was just a lousy bum, and everybody knew it. And you see him, and you remember that he owes you 15 bucks for a lunch that you bought him. And you're, you just look at him, and you're mad. And so you go up to him and say, hey, you owe me 15 bucks for a lunch I took you out. And you said you'd pay me back. You, we showed up together, and, and you put it off. And anyway, pay me up the 15 bucks. And the guy was like, no, look, I... I can't do it. I don't got a penny to my name. I, I just went bankrupt. And you're like, sure, likely story. I've heard that one before. And then you take out some cash and you put it in his hand and yell out, hey, this man's stealing my money. Please, please. And you call the police over and this man gets arrested. And guess what? Donald finds out what you did. Calls you into his office and says, guess what? I heard about what you did. I can't understand why you would do that after what I did for you. Forgiven two million bucks, and you get upset over a lap, measly 15 bucks. I'm throwing you, I'm throwing you in the tank. You're in jail. I'm, I'm calling, calling the police on you. And then Jesus finished his story saying, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus, as, just as Christ forgave you, you can forgive. No matter what's been done, no matter what's been said, nor what's been thought. You know, some of us, we haven't been able to do that yet. We haven't been able to forgive, and we've lost a bit of our freedom in Christ. You see, when Christ forgave us, it said that it is for freedom that Christ came. It is for freedom that he forgave you. 
He wants you to run in that freedom. But when we hang on to bitterness, we become entrapped by it. Hurt, and when we're hurt and wrong, somehow it's like when we don't let go of it, it's like a chain because we haven't let go and we haven't forgiven. Some reason we, we think that when somebody hurts us, we're going to hurt them back by not forgiving them. I'll show them. I won't forgive them. Yeah, I'm just going to hold me a grudge. Yeah. And that'll show them. That doesn't, they can't read your mind. They don't even know what you're thinking. That doesn't hurt them. It just hurts you. You're hurting yourself. You're not punishing that person. You're just punishing yourself. Forgiveness means giving up on revenge. It means giving up desiring seeing that person punished. Forgiveness isn't forgetting, though. God gave us memories, and however much we wish we could erase some memories, we can't, can we? God says that he will remember our sins no more. That is not because uh, he forgets. It's not because he's a senile old man. God knows everything. He can't forget. What God means is that he will never use our sins against us. When he forgave you of that one sin, he's not going to bring it back up again and use it against you. That is what it means for us also. When we bring up the past and use it against others, we haven't forgiven them. Forgiveness is costly to the one who forgives, isn't it? The forgiver has to assess the damage done to really see what they honestly have to forgive. Sometimes we have to live with the damages or consequences. There are scars from being hurt or sinned against or wronged. And it's just a choice of living with those consequences and those scars in bondage and bitterness or living with those scars in the freedom of forgiveness. It's your choice. You can choose to be bitter or you can choose to be better. It's your choice. And here's what I mean by bondage to forgiveness. Sin is like a chain. Jesus said that whoever sins is a slave to sin. Hebrews 12.1 says that sin can so easily entangle us. So the one-armed man is doing this the best he can. As far as I can raise it up. And try to keep that from falling off. Yeah. Oh, okay. I really have been doing my physical therapy. It's just That's as far as I can lift my arm. Yeah. Uh, all right, so many times when I sin, it doesn't affect anyone else but me and the Lord. I sinned in some way, and it is a trespass against Him. And that sin is like a chain if I walk about and, and, and not seeking his forgiveness. I'm indebted to him because my offense was against him and him alone. I owe him. And when I come to the Lord in true humility and ask his forgiveness, here's what happens. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. And that sin is done away with. It's obliterated. It's removed as far as the east is from the West. That's what God does. Debt canceled, chains removed. God just didn't sweep it under the rug, though. He didn't let justice fail and mercy prevail because the truth is, is I deserve punishment for my sin against Him. Someone had to pay the debt that I owed. 
And you know who did it. Jesus. That's what happened on the cross. That's right. He paid my debt and your debt. And did you know that in the language of Jesus' day, when a, a financial debt was paid in full, when you went to the banker, went to the tax collector, went to the guy who held your mortgage, and you paid it off, paid it in full, there was a word that expressed paid in full, and it's translated in English to us as it is finished. And it was stamped or written on the paper, on the mortgage, or on the deed, or on the, on the receipt. And it was stamped so that you had proof that it, it was paid in full. You no longer owed them anything. And you know what Jesus' last words on the cross were? As, as, as the sins, the debt of the world was heaped on him, you know what he said? It is finished. It is paid in full. I have paid it. It is gone. It is canceled. And now because the debt has been paid, that chain can be removed when we say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. And now when we are forgiven and those chains are released, we can say, Lord, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Just as Christ forgave you, you can forgive no matter what's been done, no matter what's been said. Now, I need a little help here. Danny, why don't you come on up here? I need your help. Come up here on the stage. Um, now, here's what happens when our sin involves somebody else. Somebody sins against us, say. All right? This is kind of what it looks like. Let's say Danny. Come stand right here. Danny sins against me. And there's this chain, this, this bondage of sin. Now, when he sins against me, he also breaks or trespasses on God's moral ground. Because when he sins against me, he's breaking the command to love one another and to do unto others as, as they would do unto you. So not only has he sinned against me, but he's sinned against the Lord. Now, I can't do anything about him and the Lord, but there is something about what I can do between me and Danny at this point. Now at this point, what I can do if I'm walking in the ways of Jesus, I can assess the damage. I go, man, that, that hurt. And he, here's what it's going to cost if I forgive him. If I, if I say, I don't want to seek revenge. I, I don't, I don't want to see any kind of punishment on Danny. I want to forgive him. When I'm ready to do that, I can say, Danny, I forgive you. And you know what? I walk away. I'm done. Now, what Danny does between him and the Lord, that's, that's between him. But here's what happens a lot of times when we choose not to walk in the ways of Jesus. We hang on to our bitterness. We say, you know what? I am so angry. I am, I'm mad. I, 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 I want to hurt back. And so, you know what? I'm a, I'm a good Christian man, so I'm not going to do anything physical or, or violent or anything like that, but I'm not going to forgive him. That'll show him. Hmm. And then I try to walk off, and, and I'm still connected. I can't get away from it. And every time I run into Danny and I see his face, there's something that comes up in me, and, and, and I, I sense the chain again, and I can't get away from it. And, and I'm tied. I'm bound. I'm a slave to it. And you know what's happened that that bitterness 
and anger and malice. Now I've sinned against the Lord. I've sinned against him. I've trespassed on some moral ground. And now I'm even more tied up. I'm bound in sin. And it started out, I didn't do anything wrong. How'd that happen? That's the nature of sin. And so, you can walk in the way of Jesus or you can remain bound in your chains. But I'm telling you, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And just as Christ forgave you, you can't forgive no matter what's been done, no matter what's been said. So, I forgive. Chains are gone. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. Everybody give him a hand. You know, some of us who maybe recognize our chains of bitterness, some of you, there's maybe already a face that the Holy Spirit has brought to mind. Or there's a name, or there's someone from the past. Maybe for some of you, there's, there's more than one person. Maybe some of us need to sit down and make a list of those we need to forgive because we've never practiced this in our life. We've held on to grudges instead of forgiving. You know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if you made your list and if for 90% of us, we'd find that our parents' names are near the top of your list. I mean, it's our parents' jobs to scar us, right? There might be a wife or husband on your list. Been keeping a little ledger book, bringing it up every now and then. Something's not forgiven. Maybe it's an ex-wife, an ex-husband. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a co-worker. Yeah. On your list, you may not want to overlook putting your own name down. Putting God's name down. Although we really can't forgive ourselves because if we are the offenders, then someone else grants us forgiveness. But there are some of us who just need to learn to accept God's cleansing and forgiveness in our lives. To accept His grace. You know, there's this whole, oh, I'm so unworthy. I don't deserve forgiveness. Exactly. That's it. That's the whole deal with grace and forgiveness. We don't deserve it. That's why we call it amazing grace. It's amazing. You're getting what you don't deserve. Same thing with God's name on your list. Although God has never done anything wrong, maybe you're angry with Him because He didn't answer a prayer or didn't do what you expected of Him. And you need to release Him from that false expectation. Those of us dealing with bitterness, I encourage you not to glibly approach this topic of forgiveness. You know, sometimes other Christ followers will try to push you to do this when your heart isn't ready to honestly approach forgiveness. They push you out of concern, though. I want to let you know, because Jesus was quite serious about forgiveness when he said, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. So even though these people may have been pushy and insensitive to the state of your heart. No, it really was out of genuine concern. Wait until you know that your heart can mean it and you've counted the cost. 
you know what you're forgiving. Weigh the damage in your heart and life, but know that forgiveness is a choice. I love what, what Carol demonstrated in, through Tori, Tori, Corey Ten Boom and her words saying, forgiveness is an act of the will. And it's a choice. No matter, it's an act of the will no matter the state or the temperature of the heart. And that the heart can be warmed later. You know, there is kind of these choices with forgiveness. I will forgive. I can, I, I can forgive now. And I have forgiven. And sometimes there's layers to that. I, I didn't know that as a young man, that there were layers of forgiveness. Because I, I, I couldn't recognize all the damage to my heart. When I was young, uh, my, my parents divorced. I was a little kid, didn't understand it. I had a loyal heart the way God wired me. And, and so I couldn't understand why a dad who said he loved me had left. And so there was always a frustration and anger. But when I became a Christ follower, I forgave my dad. I released him of that. And, and when he married again and, and started his own family, I was glad. And I was, Lord, bless that marriage and bless my younger brothers. And, but there was a point when I got married, there was another layer that just appeared. I didn't know it was there. And it's that funny thing, you know, when you're taking pictures, photo, photos at, at, a, at a wedding ceremony. I just got frustrated because there was that whole thing of, well, now i got to stand with my dad and his new family, and now i got to go stand with my mom over here, and she's all by herself, and then i got to stand with my mom's grandparents, and then i got to stand over here. How come we can't just be all together? And I was just mad. I was frustrated about it. I mean, it was just a little thing. It was just a little thing. But it was the years of forgiveness, years of things, was forgiven. There was, so there was just that one thing I had to forgive. It wasn't a pile or stack or layers of sins to forgive. It was just this one little thing where there was some damage. And I go, that's the cost of divorce. That's the hurt. That's the pain. It's all right. I can extend grace. I forgive. Just as Christ forgave me, freely forgave me, I, I forgive. Really. It's gone. I, go, I, I just use it as an example today of layers. So sometimes you got to count the cost. you got to know the damage that was done so that you can truly forgive. And once you choose to forgive, you displace bitterness and the leverage point the enemy uses to keep you chained. Your feelings will eventually follow. Know that you can choose to recover freedom through forgiveness or you can choose to remain in chains of bitterness. Um, Mary Worthy uh, shared this story with us and, and last time I talked about this, she gave me a person permission to tell. Do I have permission to tell again Carrie's story? All right, thank you. And uh, a young lady named Carrie, uh, really hurt by her father, a lot of words, a lot of things said and done to her over the years of growing up. And there were just layers of things. And she got out of college and was, or in college working through these things and uh, talking with Mary. And uh, they went away for a weekend and Mary just said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write out all the ways that your father has wronged you. And there was something about doing the process of writing it all out, writing out every single one, and then going through them one by one and saying, I forgive my dad for this. I forgive him for hurting me in this way. And all of a sudden, the, the, the years, the layers, the stacks of bitterness and resentment, they were taken care of. The, the chain was released. And so she went back, and she was around her dad and and there would be times when he would say or do something again that would hurt. But this time, it was just one thing she had to forgive, not years and layers of things that needed to be forgiven. And so it was much easier for her to be able to forgive. 
And she began looking at her dad differently and was able to love him well. So much so that, that at one Christmas Eve party with his business and all his co-workers there, her dad looked over at Carrie said, Carrie, and, and not sure all the circumstances that led to this moment, but in front of his co-workers said, I can't believe the way how you treat me so well. And I've treated you so poorly. Would you please forgive me? Amazing what forgiveness can do and how it can change a heart. Even someone who maybe wouldn't recognize that they had even done wrong. But when they're loved, can recognize it and seek forgiveness for it. God changes hearts. Forgiveness can change hearts. And I know that some of you, you want to take steps towards that kind of freedom, but you're not sure where to start. And a lot of what I'm saying today might raise more questions. I mean, questions like, what if the other person uh, doesn't even think they've done wrong to me? And, and I bring it up to them, and they'll, they'll be offended that I even brought it up. What do I do? What if the person who sinned against me is dead? Or, or I don't know where they live, or, or maybe I don't even know their name. Or maybe what if I'm, I'm the one who sinned against someone and I, I just need to ask their forgiveness because i got to be free, but they refuse to communicate with me. What do I do? Or, or what if I was the one sinned against and, and this person is, is, is really dangerous for me to be close to them or near to them, and, and so I, I can't make contact or legally I, I can't or shouldn't. Or There's a hundred other valid reasons or what-ifs and I would love to talk with you. One of the pastors would like to talk with you. Mary would love to talk with you about that. Sit down and have some coffee and just share your story. Please do that. But here is what I want you to know today in this moment, despite any questions that you might start wrestling with. You can start the process of forgiveness today. It may be just reflecting on the depth of Christ's forgiveness in your life. How much has he forgiven you? Measure it. Try to examine that. Because when you do, there's an overwhelming, wonderful sense of gratefulness that comes in you. And you're going to understand, man, he forgave me this much. Why can't I forgive this person the little that they've done? It's maybe just taking a day and assessing the damage done to your heart, writing it out like Carrie did. But if you desire to walk in the way of Jesus, loving God and loving people, the Lord can enable you to do and say what Jesus said when he was on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you know what? The people that put him up on that cross, they didn't think they'd done anything wrong. How can the Lord enable you? You know the phrase, for you have set my heart free. That's sometimes translated to, for you have enlarged my heart. You know, if you've experienced the depth of the Lord's forgiveness, you can ask him to enlarge your heart, enable you to forgive others. Lord, I have my heart is so small, I don't feel like I have anything in there to for, be able to forgive. Well, then ask the Lord to enlarge your heart so he can put more of his compassion, more of his pity, more of his mercy within you so that you can offer it to others. I think there are so many of you that are tired of the chains You've been dragging them around, and you're ready to cry out like Jesus did. It is finished. The debt is paid in full. You 
are forgiven. I forgive you. Just as Jesus forgave you, you can forgive. No matter what's been done. No matter what's been said. Today you may not be ready to say those kind of words. And that's okay for now. And Nate and the band, you can come on up here now. But if you know that you desire to walk in the way of Jesus and you want to begin forgiving like he forgave, then as a symbol of that desire, I'd like you to come up here. We have a, a chain that's across the floor and there's a couple of bolt cutters on each side. And I'd like you to come up here and I'd like you to just cut off three or four links. I'd like you to take that and, and put that in your pocket and carry it with you. And I'd like you, every time you, know, you put your hand in the po- in pocket or, or you see it on your shelf at home, that you recognize and realize that you, you said that you're ready to start this process of being willing to forgive, to start the journey. And I pray that it will be a reminder for you to move towards that forgiveness like Jesus forgave. And I hope and pray that one day when you actually do, and you've taken those steps to forgive from your heart, that you'll be able to pick up that symbol and say, it's finished. Debt paid in full. I forgive. And you can do away with that symbol and be done with it. It is for freedom. Christ has set you free. And just as he forgave, you can forgive.